This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, COVID cases on the rise in China. We have the latest on the lockdowns, which include some areas in the capital, Beijing. Police in Ireland arrest six people in connection with a global online scam. We have the details on the scam that defrauded millions of victims. The whack-a-mole saga of judges swinging gavels at a New York gun regulations continues. This time, a federal judge in Buffalo struck down part of a law enacted in September. Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake files her first lawsuit against Maricopa County. Find out more on the Election Day troubles. And sometimes the best treatment for what ails you is an act of kindness. We have the story of an organization providing free flights to patients needing medical attention. Good morning, I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is November 25th. As you can see, Kevin Hogan is off for the day. We still have a lot to get to. Let's dive right in. We have finally made it to the holidays, and holiday travel is flying high this Thanksgiving after two years of pandemic slowdowns. The Transportation Security Administration reports it screened 2.4 million tra travelers at airports across the country Wednesday. That number was just shy of the nearly 2.5 million people screened on July 1st, a record since the pandemic. But this year's Thanksgiving travel is a strong start for the airline industry after dealing with major flight cancellations and staffing shortages over the summer. The industry is now looking to Sunday, the next big travel day. President Biden and the First Lady were also traveling. They delivered some pumpkin pies on Thanksgiving Day. The Bidens visited Nantucket firefighters in Massachusetts yesterday. Biden answered questions from reporters during his visit. He talked about funding for Ukraine, price caps on Russian oil, the looming U.S. railroad strike, and his plans to enact gun control laws. Biden says the caps on Russian oil being proposed by the G7 are in play and that he's talked to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen about the issue. He also says his administration is involved in negotiations to avert a possible railroad strike, but didn't elaborate. He says that's because talks are still in the middle of negotiations. As for gun control, this is what the president had to say. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Not a single solitary rationale for it except profit for the gun manufacturer. Can you do anything about gun laws during the lame duck, sir? I'm going to try. What will you uh, try and do? I'm going to try to get rid of assault weapons. During the lame duck? I'm going to do it whenever I, I got to make that assessment as I get in and start counting the votes. Biden also mentioned the latest presidential, presidential drawdown valued at up to $400 million. It's meant to go towards aiding Ukraine's defense needs. The president also spent part of the day calling members of the military to thank them for their service. And we have more election troubles that are continuing to unfold in Arizona. Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake filed her first lawsuit against Maricopa County over how they ran their elections. Here are the details. Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake on Wednesday filed a lawsuit against Maricopa County's recorder, election officials, and members of the Board of Supervisors. In an interview on Steve Bannon's War Room, Lake said Maricopa County ran the shoddiest election ever in history. 
We're on a timeline, a very strict timeline when it comes to fighting this botched election. And they're dragging their feet. They don't want to give us the information, so we're asking the courts to force them to give us information. In the lawsuit, Lake said there were widespread issues on Election Day. She's asking the Arizona Superior Court to compel the officials to produce records on the administration of the midterm. Lake said, quote, given instances of misprinted ballots, the commingling of counted and uncounted ballots, and long lines discouraging people from voting, as demonstrated in the attached declarations, these records are necessary for plaintiff to determine the full extent of the problems identified and their impacts on electors. Also on Wednesday, Arizona's outgoing Republican Governor Doug Ducey congratulated Democrat Katie Hobbs, who declared victory in the race for governor. Ducey said he will fully cooperate with the leadership transition. Lake, meanwhile, warned against certifying the election results. This is just beyond 2020. I mean, what they did in 2020, it looks like they've done that again and then some. And for the governor, if he says he's going to certify this and Katie Hobbs to certify this, I think they really better think long and hard. The Republican candidate for Arizona Attorney General Abe Hamaday also filed his own lawsuit against Maricopa County election officials on Tuesday. He said that widespread errors and inaccuracies cause voter disenfranchisement. The Arizona Attorney General race is headed to a recount. Only 510 votes separate Hamaday and his Democratic opponent. And over in Alaska, the state has finally finished its ranked-choice election process. Incumbent Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski defeated Trump-backed Kelly Shibaka. Murkowski was one of seven Senate Republicans who voted to impeach former President Trump. And Democratic Congresswoman Mary Paltola defeated Trump-backed Sarah Palin. This was Alaska's first general election using the ranked-choice system. Reporting by Allison Lee, NTD News. A federal judge has blocked New York from restricting the carrying of guns on private property. The restrictions were put in place by a Democratic-backed law. The law was adopted following the U.S. Supreme Court's June ruling that struck down the state's strict gun permit requirements. Tuesday's ruling by U.S. District Judge John Sinatra in Buffalo struck down a certain provision in the law. The provision made it a felony for a licensed gun owner to possess a firearm or any, on any private property. The only exception was if the property owner allowed it with a sign or by giving express consent. The Trump-appointed Sinatra found that the provision violated the U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. The ruling marked the latest courtroom victory for gun owners challenging New York's law called the Concealed Carry Improvement Act. The law made obtaining a firearms license more difficult and barred guns from a long list of sensitive public and private places. And the next chapter in the Twitter story, Elon Musk says he will provide general amnesty to suspended accounts on Twitter starting next week. Yesterday's statement followed a poll asking whether to do so for users who had not broken the law or engaged in egregious spam. And it is Daniel Monaghan has more. The voice of the people is the voice of God is what Musk tweeted out in Latin. This after poll participants voted over 72% in favor of bringing back users who had been suspended by the platform. A service that is broadly, as broadly inclusive as possible, um, where ideally uh, most of America is, is on it and, and talking. Last week, Musk reinstated some previously suspended accounts, including former U.S. President Donald Trump, satirical website Babylon Bee, and comedian Kathy Griffin. He discussed in May how he sees the use of Twitter. You know, sharing ideas and, and, and um, 
content and, and, and creative things, whether they're written or video or podcasts. On October 28th, Musk tweeted that Twitter would form a content moderation council with widely diverse viewpoints. He wrote that no major content decisions or account reinstatements would happen before that council convenes. On November 23rd, Musk replied to a user reminding him of that post. He wrote that a large coalition of political social activist groups had agreed not to try to kill Twitter by starving it of advertising revenue if he agreed to that condition. He added that they broke the deal. Twitter installs have grown by 21% since Musk's takeover. And Musk says that the platform's active users have surged to record highs. Meanwhile, MIT Technology Review stated that over 1 million users left Twitter during that same period. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Apple iPhone supplier Foxconn is working to resolve a dispute with its workers in China. Protests erupted over pay and living conditions at their factory in Zhengzhou this week. Many employees decided to leave the world's largest iPhone factory. Departures are fueling concerns about Apple's ability to deliver products for the busy holiday season. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on what Foxconn is doing to quell the unrest. A Foxconn source that wished to remain anonymous says more than 20,000 employees have quit. They say the majority were new hires not yet working on production lines. This after protests broke out in Zhengzhou this week. Police were filmed beating protesters in the street. Foxconn is offering to pay new workers $1,400 to quit and leave their jobs in an effort to resolve the dispute. The company also apologized to disgruntled workers. They claim there was a pay-related technical error when hiring. Workers say they were misled over compensation benefits at the factory. Foxconn launched a hiring drive earlier this month, promising bonuses and higher salaries after it had to enact COVID curbs in October. The restrictions forced the company to isolate many employees, having them live in dormitories and makeshift quarantine facilities on site. Workers also complained about having to share dormitories with colleagues who tested positive for the CCP virus and a shortage of food. The extreme restrictions prompted a mass exodus from the company. The factory produces Apple's popular iPhone 14 models. The complex is home to around 200,000 workers. The discontent has disrupted production ahead of the busy holiday season. One anonymous source from Foxconn says recent departures will have no impact on the company's ability to fulfill orders because new staff still needed to take training courses before starting work on the production lines. They say the incident has had a big impact on the company's public image, but little on capacity. The unrest at the Foxconn plant comes as China logs record numbers of COVID infections and increases lockdowns, fueling frustration among citizens across the country. Apple says it has staff at the factory and is working with Foxconn to address employees' concerns. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Staying China in for this next story, uh, many cities have increased restrictions and lockdowns in response to rising COVID infections, including parts of the capital city, Beijing. The capital earlier closed shopping malls and office buildings and suspended access to some apartment compounds. Most of the schools, parks and stores are closed and people are told to work from home. Workers were seen building metal barricades in some parts of Beijing to keep people in their apartment complexes. And workers in protective suits are standing guard. Residents are only allowed to buy food or get medical treatment by scanning their health QR codes. A BBC journalist in China said Wednesday that a district with a population of around 3 million has begun a three-day-long closure of nearly 300 neighborhoods. 
And a tweet from NBC's Beijing correspondent shows an empty street during rush hour. She said it reminded her of the atmosphere when the outbreak first began. But Beijing authorities have not yet declared a full city closure, and some places have issued closures verbally. The city this week opened a hospital and an exhibition center and suspended access to Beijing International Studies University after COVID cases were found. The Chinese Communist Party says more than 30,000 cases were found on Thursday. But the true number is likely much higher as many cases have gone unreported since the beginning of the pandemic. Coming up, police in Ireland arrest six people in connection with a global online scam. We have details on the scam that defrauded millions of victims. And if any city should know how to do a Thanksgiving parade, it's Philadelphia. They've been doing them for over a hundred years, and they didn't disappoint this year. We have that and more in just a minute on NTD News. Welcome back. Six people in Ireland have been arrested in connection with a global financial scam. It followed an investigation into a cybercrime involving millions of victims worldwide. Users of a fraudulent website would impersonate reputable corporations and obtain personal information to defraud their victims. And today's cost has this report. Seventeen locations in the counties of Louth, Meath and Dublin were searched by Irish police earlier this month. The investigation involved a cybercrime known as spoofing. Users of the website ispoof.cc would fraudulently extract information from their victims in order to defraud them. Fraudsters would use Bitcoin to operate the service, which at times would contact 20 people across the world, mainly in the US, Australia, UK and several European countries. The domain was seized by the FBI and the website shut down on November 9th. It is estimated that the global financial loss is over $100 million. Nearly half of this amount is said to be in the UK, where police are to contact tens of thousands of people to inform them they have fallen victim to the scam. Six people have been arrested. Over 60 fraudulent accounts have been identified as well as over 100 electronic devices confiscated. The investigation, spearheaded by London Metropolitan Police, involved a coordinated effort with other police forces across the globe. So far, one man has been charged with making articles to support the fraudulent website. He is due to appear at London's Southwark Crown Court on December the 6th. Cost MNS, NTD News. In very different news now, America's oldest Thanksgiving parade celebrates once again. Entity's Flinders Kingsley takes us to the city of brotherly love for the story. The Philadelphia Thanksgiving parade has spectators packed along the Benjamin Franklin Parkway for over three hours of entertainment. It's a beautiful day in Philadelphia, amazing, the oldest parade in all of America, in one of the oldest cities in America. It's a beautiful thing and this is real Philly love right here. Marching bands, floats, giant inflatables, youth choirs. Over the years, Philly has perfected the art of the parade. I always like the dancers since I teach dance, and I know there's going to be a few different groups here, so I'm excited to see. Love it. A bottle snowman flying in the sky. Super fat, beautiful. What's not like? It's amazing. Yeah. 
There were some things with cars. I love old cars, so I got a lot of photos of them, and some were good with like kids and dogs in them and stuff. And uh, and it's all great. The music, the floats, they're all all really good. The Thanksgiving parade brings Philadelphia together and families closer. Usually I cook, but my granddaughters were in the parade, so we're visiting family instead. So I'm enjoying the parade, first time ever here. Uh, we gather all our family around and we think about all the things that we're grateful for. The parade is an opportunity to reflect on Thanksgiving and what Philadelphians can be thankful for. Just to be here, be able to have peace and quiet, and just everybody just get along for a while, you know. All the other crazy stuff that's going on out there, just remember it's all about people and getting along. We're family, friends, just being alive. Yep. Enjoying a, a parade like this is awesome. Mayor Jim Kenny shared his feelings about Thanksgiving outside the Manor stall. Manor is a charity that delivers meals, counsel and hope to those in need. Thankful that they live in a country where you can, you can have what you what you need you can earn what you need uh, and there's also opportunities to help people who are in need and this is what groups like this do and they do it well and they've been doing it for years this year marks the 103rd anniversary of the philadelphia thanksgiving parade flinders kingsley ntd news Chicago also celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday with a parade, and this one was the 88th annual parade the city has held. Participants and spectators enjoyed the festivities, and today's Angela Moy was there. Spirited marching bands, elaborate floats, and lively performances dazzled enthusiastic audiences in Chicago. The city's Thanksgiving parade celebrated the day with a diversity of talent and different cultures. The Falun Dafa group performed a peaceful Chinese meditation practice. Sharon Kalarski joined the parade to tell people about the practice. I want to tell people about Falun Dafa and how wonderful it is, truth, compassion, forbearance. I'm just so happy to see all the smiling faces. You wave at people and they wave right back at you. Virginia Windsor is a member of the colorful Azalea Trail Maids from Mobile, Alabama. Azalea Trail Maids is an Alabama tradition of azalea planting dating back to the 1920s. Thanksgiving is such an amazing holiday and it's so I'm so glad that we get to spend it with everybody. We're all about bringing joy to other people's day. Laurel Ramos is proud to show his Mexican heritage. He performs rope tricks as part of the Ray of Hope Riders, a group performing Mexican side saddle drills and horse dancing. We show our culture, our traditions, our family heritage. It's a beautiful thing to show to the public. Spectators cheered on the performers as they paraded down State Street. After watching the Falun Dafa float passing by, Paul Mares from Buffalo, New York, said he felt positive energy. <laughs> positive energy, we love the music and uh, more of that type of music because people feel the energy, they feel the good spirit, the good mood, and uh, it makes everyone happy. Veronica Rebeloso danced along with her daughter's marching band from Texas. I like the, the different cultures and communities that are represented. This is awesome. Rosa Robolito from the Chicago suburbs visited with family and friends. And there's beautiful, excellent talent also of all the marching bands that are here. So it's been really great to see it. The celebration wouldn't be complete without attendees' holiday wishes. Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News, Chicago. Sometimes the best treatment for what ails you is not found in medical textbooks or a prescription. It's an act of kindness. We have the story after the break.
Good to have you back. Sometimes you just need an act of kindness to help you through a difficult time. For one cancer patient, her attitude and faith helped her to find hope on the wings of an angel. Let's take a look. For much of her life, Jenna Silva traveled the world without any health concerns at all. Then suddenly she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. It was kind of a sink or swim, you know, type situation. However, finding the right treatment wasn't easy, but she elected not to succumb to despair. I really believe our health is really closely connected with our attitude. And I believe that God is walking this with me and that's a, a huge part. I cannot do it without him and without the support of the people around me and things like that. So I'm very, very blessed. Her positive attitude and trust in God brought her to a solution. You could say a solution from the angels. My aunt, my dad's sister, was also getting treatment up at this place in Seattle. So um, she originally told me she, you know, was introduced to Angel Flight and had been getting back and forth from Central Oregon up there as well. You know, my aunt has been so blessed by that and has been able to do the treatments. And she actually has a clean bill of health because of it. Angel Flight West is a nonprofit organization that provides free flights for patients who need transportation to their medical appointments. Together with volunteer pilots and some commercial flights, Angel Flight West is able to help people such as Jenna get to their treatments. So, Trevor yes, Moody um, is a pilot based in Seattle. In preparation for this, I was going through some letters I keep and I got, um, I don't know if you can see that, but uh, one um, little girl, 11 year old, sent me a, a thank you note after a trip. Trevor has a love for flying and a heart for helping people. Just a few years after he got his license, he joined the organization as a volunteer. As a medical engineer and a cancer survivor himself, he knew the challenges a lot of patients face. For him, it's making the impossible possible. A few years ago, I was flying a, a retired um, a veteran uh, from Idaho, so in the mountains of Idaho. Uh, he was traveling to Seattle for cancer treatment. A few months later, I got a letter from him, and um, it was really saying that, look, I just, I, most important, I'm in remission, or this is him speaking, I'm in remission from cancer now, uh, so I'm cured effectively, and um, I, I really want to let you guys know that if, if Angel Flight hadn't been available, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have gone for the treatment. He made around 93 trips in the years of volunteering, and now he is flying Jenna to her treatments. What keeps him going? The fact I can give back and, and help with that is, is immensely satisfying. And that's the kindness these patients need. And my experiences with them is that I'm coming in contact with so many people that are just like so compassionate and you know they just want to help people and when you come in contact with people like that it just lifts and encourages us so much ivan martinez has been working for angel flight west for about 10 years incredibly inspired every day and humbled by the stories that i hear from our pilots and our patients his goal is to let people who struggle know this service exists and that it's free our hope is to remove that barrier uh, that, that many Americans face. Uh, um, transportation is, is uh, the, the biggest barrier to healthcare next to cost. All of the flights are all provided by volunteers who just give up their, their hearts and, and their resources. And I'm just incredibly thankful for, 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 for our volunteers. 
And for Jenna, she felt the compassion from these volunteers. I can sit and, you know, just kind of sulk and feel sorry for myself and be depressed and be scared and be fearful. Or I can make the decision and the choice to be positive and to open my eyes and look around me at all of these incredible things and people that are extending their hands and, and hearts and compassion to us and their financial help and all these things that they do and all of that stuff, it makes you so grateful. And you just, you know, the attitude part is a huge, huge part of our journey, our health journey as well. I have a lot of hope and, you know, a lot of faith that it's going to be a good report and that the treatments that I'm getting um, up in Seattle are working. So that's where I'm going to, that's where I want to stay <laughs> right here is just very hopeful, hopeful and thankful and that kind of thing. <laughs> Beautiful. That's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at ntd.com. So shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. I'm Evelyn Lee.